Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I said, I am greatly afflicted. And in my dismay I said, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in many ways, this psalm is one that's very easy for us to identify with, I'm sure. And I expect that most of us have found ourselves at some point or other in situations where we have felt what the psalmist describes as the cords of death entangling or the anguish of the grave coming upon us. Many of us know the pain of bereavement. And I suspect that there are, most of us here can remember times when we have been told some sort of devastating news, either about ourselves or perhaps news about someone close to us. And I suspect that if you're like me, the details of those moments remain forever etched in our memories. And at such points, most of us do what the psalmist did. He cried to the Lord, save me. And the psalm is a testimony to the help 
that the author received from the Lord. And we see in verse 2, it's page 615, the Lord turned his ear to him. In verse 6, the Lord saved me. Verse 8, the Lord delivered my soul from death. And in response, the psalmist testifies to the Lord's goodness and mercy and affirms that he is indeed the servant of the Lord. Now, of course, it's natural for us to wonder about the story that lies behind the psalm and to wonder about the time frame of the events alluded to. Between the initial cry, the desperate cry to the Lord, save me, and the later affirmations of faith and the psalmist injunction to his soul in verse 7 to be at rest and to remember the Lord's goodness. Well, we can imagine that the psalmist would have experienced a whole gamut of human emotion as he waited for God to act. And it's clear that God did act, though it's not so clear precisely how. It seems that there's a reference to some sort of healing. Though later in the psalm, in verse 15, he talks about the death of the Lord's saints, and it sort of implies that the author came to a deeper trust of God in the face of death. And as we cry to the Lord, he does act. Maybe God does grant in his mercy physical healing. But whilst we wait, we should also remember that the most frustrating and desperate situations are often arenas where God's spirit works to conform us to Christ. And I expect that many of us find that God's ways seem very perplexing We set out on a particular course, consciously or unconsciously expecting God to direct our ways on a straight, clear path, perhaps with a bit of minor trouble, but nothing too bad. And then something happens. We are struck down and our plans, perhaps even our very godly plans, are frustrated. And we wonder, where is God? We may question the goodness of God, and for the person of faith, there's that extra tear of perplexity as we try to understand or see perhaps something of the purpose of God in the very perplexing situations of life and death. And as Christians, it's important we interpret our experiences in the framework of God's plan and purpose as set out through the whole story of Scripture. And as we think about Easter and the events, I just want to focus on two characteristics of how God works, which I encourage you to reflect on in relation to your own experience over the coming Easter tide. And the first thing is that I suggest to you that the events of Easter remind us that God does not work in straight, 
clear lines. Rather, very often, his purposes are hidden and very often perplexing. If we think about the person of Jesus, he was and still is a confusion to many God-fearing Jews. And if we just think about one example, how could the crucified Christ be the Messiah? How could God allow his Messiah to hang on the tree? A huge stumbling block for many God-fearing Jews. Why was it that God chose to work in a way that was open to such confusion? Second, the Easter short story shows Jesus' determination to submit himself to the will of God, even though that involved a great deal of suffering. We follow a crucified saviour who submitted himself to God in in the midst of suffering. And the cup of salvation which the psalmist says he raises up and rejoices in is the cup of suffering, the cup of the shed blood of Christ, by which we are not only forgiven, but also bound to Christ in the bond that remains secure through death. Thus, I suggest to you that it is as we live and struggle through pain and frustration and the limitation of human experience that God proves himself to us as the one who is changeless and our eternal refuge. Yes, it's right to pray for God's healing and look for God to deliver us. But we also need to hold intention that areas, arenas of sickness, frustration, and confusion are the arenas in which God's Spirit often works. And as we wrestle with these human experiences, we are conformed to God's will, and we learn to focus on God as the ultimate horizon. Of course, our earthly sorrows and limitations continue to frustrate, sometimes to a heartbreaking degree. But as God's Spirit works, our hope transcends earthly realities, and we can testify with the psalmist, be at rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. We close with a prayer. Almighty God, we look to you for healing and pray to you for grace to cope with the limitations and frustrations we face. We pray for comfort in our sorrow and for a growing confidence in your eternal changelessness. We ask it through Jesus Christ. Amen.